Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. We're going to look at... uh over the next few weeks, starting today, really some serious things. And we're going to talk about the condition of hearts. We're going to talk about the condition of our hearts, but not just our hearts, but we're going to talk about the condition of hearts of folks around us. And today I'm going to talk about a frustration. I'm going to talk about a frustration that I have. I'm going to talk about a frustration that you have. You say, what kind of frustration are you talking about? I'm not going to talk about frustration with government. I'm not going to talk about frustration with people as far as how their interaction with us. I'm going to talk about the frustration of how people respond to you sharing Jesus with them. Because a lot of us can get defeated by that. In fact, we get so defeated that we give up even sharing our faith anymore. We don't even tell others about Jesus because of, quote, negative reactions that we've received. And hopefully over the next few weeks, as we talk about the condition of hearts, and we're going to see that there are like four different conditions of hearts, we're going to see that there is a reason why people respond to the gospel in different ways. Each person responds in a different way. And you've seen it around you. Some will just flat out reject it. Some of, them, some of them will accept it for a moment, and then for whatever reason, they'll just say, oh, I don't really want to have anything to do with it. And then there are others, the very few others, who will say, yes, that's it for my life, and they go on with it, and they live the life that God wants them to live. But every person is different. But it's real easy for us to get frustrated, is it not? It's easy for me to get frustrated as a pastor. It's easy for you to get frustrated, maybe with family members or something where you are not happy with the way that they're responding to the gospel. But I want you to see what Jesus says. He is the one who, in this chapter, gives us some understanding in what's going on here. So I want you to notice with me, verse 3, we're looking at chapter 13. Very familiar passage, but we're going to spend a few weeks looking at it here. And I I want you to notice what he says. Matthew writes this in chapter... 13, verse 3. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they may not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a good crop, some hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? He answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. 
For whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is filled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand. Seeing you will see and not perceive, for the hearts of this people have grown dull, their ears are hard of hearing, their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts in turn, so that I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For assuredly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and do not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Therefore hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who receives the seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. But when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. He who receives the seed among the thorns is he who hears the word. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word. And he becomes unfruitful. But he who receives the seed on good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. What we're going to see here today is we're going to understand why we have this frustration as we deal with others, as we share with them our lives, as we share with them our faith about Jesus, as we see their reaction. Ultimately, we're going to understand why we're frustrated about their reaction. Because Jesus is going to give us an understanding into their heart here today. So, for instance, let me ask you a question. How many of you have people that you know, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's somebody who's a neighbor or somebody that you work with, that you know is antagonistic, that they don't really care about your faith or your Jesus? How many of you is that? Most of us here. That frustrates you, doesn't it? Does it frustrate you? Let me see your heads. Yeah? Okay. How many of you have someone who... Maybe embraced it for a moment, but for whatever reason, decided they didn't want to have anything to do with it anymore. How many of you had somebody like that in your life? How many? All of us have, haven't we? Doesn't that frustrate you? Now, here's what our tendency is. Our tendency is, well, it must be me. I maybe didn't share it the way I should have shared it. Maybe it was I didn't use the right words. Maybe I didn't give them enough encouragement. Or maybe I didn't do this. Or maybe I didn't do that. How many of you felt that way? That you thought it was you? Yes, a lot of us, right. But what Jesus is going to show us here in this passage, my friends, I want you to understand, the issue isn't the sower. Notice what he talks about here. The issue is what? The condition of the heart where the seed is sown. And so we're going to see several things here. And the first thing we're going to notice, 
as Jesus discusses right before he gives us an understanding of the parable of the sower, is he's going to talk about the nature of truth. You and I, if we're going to not be frustrated by the reaction of men and women around us, we've got to understand the nature of the very truth that we're communicating to them. We've got to understand the very nature of the gospel, the very nature of the message of Jesus Christ. And here's what I want you to see. Look with me at verse 11 and 12. Notice what he says. Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Here's what I want you to see. Some are able to grasp and embrace truth. The very nature of truth is this. Jesus is saying that to some people, they're going to be able to get it. So don't stop sharing. See, you're frustrated right now with nobody listening to you, nobody wanting to know about the Jesus. You're even afraid to tell people about how Jesus answered a prayer in your life, not just sharing the gospel with them, because you're so afraid of how they're going to react to it. And what Jesus is saying, look, I want you to understand the very first thing about the nature of truth is that some people are going to get it. Some people are going to understand. Some people are going to embrace it and say, wait a minute now, you've got something that I don't have, I want to know more. That's what Jesus is saying here. He's saying here that some are able to grasp it. But I want you to notice verses 13 through 15. Notice this what he says. Therefore I speak to them in parables because seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear nor do they understand. And then he quotes Isaiah after that. Here's the next point I want you to see. And this is a very important point so put a star down before I give this to you. Others cannot comprehend truth. Here's a reality I want you to understand. Jesus is saying, some people are going to get it. They're going to understand it. They're going to embrace it. They're going to say, yes, I understand. But here's what Jesus is saying. Some of them are going to see. They're going to see your lives and how Jesus has impacted your lives. But they're not going to get it. Some of them are going to hear the things that you share. And it makes sense to others and they embrace it. But to them... They have no clue. It's just over their head. They're not going to grasp it. Or when you speak to them, it's like your words just kind of go to them and just fall at their feet. They just It doesn't connect with their head or their heart. That's reality. See, why am I sharing this with you? Why do I want you to put an asterisk here? Because we have this concept, whether and it's falsely, we have this concept that everybody should just embrace what we believe. Everybody should just embrace Jesus and love Jesus. And that's the way life is. And that's not life. The reality is, is that there are going to be some people, and there are a lot of people actually, the Bible describes them as a lot of people, a majority of people, who aren't going to get it. And you need to be freed up from thinking you're the reason why they're not embracing it. It has nothing to do with you. It has to do with them and the condition of their heart. Do you see what I'm saying? That is so important for you and I to understand. When you begin to grasp that, you'll find freedom. When I was at Liberty University, I had a professor. He was a missionary at one time to North Africa. 
And one of the things he said in class, I'll never forget it, was is that what got him through ministering in North Africa, because the entire time that he ministered as a missionary in North Africa, he never saw anyone come to Jesus Christ. What got him through that was the reality that many will not be able to understand and comprehend. See, you're afraid to live your life out to show that Jesus is really working in your life with others around you because of the negative reaction. You need to get over it because the fact is people just aren't going to comprehend it. But you also need to be encouraged that some will. That some will. And that's a reality. That's something that we need to grasp here. Look then, now, because notice what he says then. He then concludes that, the nature of truth, by looking at verse 16 and 17. Notice what he says there. But blessed are your eyes, for they see. And your ears, for they hear. For assuredly I say that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and did not see it, and hear what you hear and did not hear it. Here's what I want you to see. Blessed are those who hear and understand. My friends, if you're here and you understand the gospel and you understand the implication of the gospel and you have embraced that with your life and you have committed your life to Jesus because of what He has done for you, the Bible says you understood and blessed are you. And blessed are those that you share with who understand. Blessed are those that you share with. And I'm not just talking, when we talk about sharing, so many of us have this concept that you've got to start carrying around your Bible and get the big family Bible, that big thing that's on the coffee table, and just go around and just whop them over the head with the gospel. And you know what? You need to share with your life first, probably before you ever open your mouth. Because they need to see that there's a change in your life so that they want what you have. They want what you have. And when they grasp it, Jesus says, blessed. Blessed are you because you grasp the reality of the gospel. So now then, you say, okay, well I understand that some, but that still doesn't explain, George, why. It kind of explains why there's that frustration I have and why what's going on with people's heart, but it still doesn't explain exactly why people react the way they do to the message of the gospel in my life or by my word. What's going on here? Well, I want you to notice what Jesus says as the explanation to the parable that he gave. Because what we're going to see here is he uses the illustration of a sower. And what they did was, is you know, they didn't have planters and, and things that spread the seed out for them. They literally had a bag, and what they would do is they would go out and they would just kind of throw seed out. And throw seed onto the ground. And that's what they would do. And so he's having the illustration of a sower. You and I are sowers if you know Jesus Christ. Whether you realize it or not, you're sowing the word with your life and by your words to others about Jesus. See, that's very important. So then as you're going about living your life and you're sharing with others about Jesus, you're going to see that there are four different reactions, four different reasons and how people respond and what they do with what you give them. And so what we're going to see here is four different hearts. And so I want you to notice with me, verse 18, notice what it says. Therefore hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, Then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart, 
This is he who received seed by the wayside. Here's what I want you to see. Some have a dead heart. Some have a spiritually dead heart. Jesus gives the illustration of the sower goes and he sows some and some of it kind of falls by the wayside and the birds come and guess what they do? The birds come and they take that seed and they snatch it away. He said, this is like the enemy. The enemy, the devil comes. What? The devil comes and he snatches. The wicked one will come and snatch away the message. We will blind them from the truth. In fact, that's what Paul tells us. Paul tells us later on in his epistles that the God of this world has blinded their eyes so that they, what? Don't understand. So listen, don't get frustrated with the guy at work when he doesn't want to have anything to do with your Jesus and he doesn't understand because the bottom line is he can't see it. Don't get frustrated when you're listening to the news and people are mocking what you believe because the fact of the matter is is they can't see it. To them it's foolishness. To them it's just a bunch of silliness. I, I, it doesn't comprehend. I remember one time I listened to, every once in a while I'll listen to NPR and I was listening to a lawyer for PETA. Does everybody know what PETA is? People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. And he said that he read through the entire Bible which a lot of Christians haven't read through the entire Bible. But then as I listened to him, he didn't get it. It completely didn't make any sense to him. And you're sitting there saying, wow, when I read it, it makes sense. But for him it didn't. Why? Because his eyes were blinded. The birds came and they just kind of snatched them up. And believe me, they will. We, um, we had some work done in our front yard and uh, kind of had to have an area where we had to re-sow some grass seed. And so we put the grass seed down and put some, some straw on top of it. And all of a sudden this pigeon shows up at our house. Somebody must have let, it looked like a pet pigeon. And it, I don't know what it is. Birds just show up at our house. We had a canary a parakeet actually die on our front porch. You know, where did that come from? That, they're not natural around here. But there's this pigeon. And it just was hanging out in front of our house. And of course it's eating something. And guess what it's eating? The seeds that were not under the straw. So guess what? I've got grass growing over here, but I've got a few bare spots right here. Why? The birds. They ate all this stuff. That's what he's trying to tell us. The wicked one will come and do that as you're spreading the gospel. As you're sharing your life. Some will not be able to receive what you're saying because what? Their hearts are dead. Look with me now at verse 20 through 21. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arise because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Here's what I want you to see. Some have a shallow heart. Some have a shallow heart. See, you're not just going to deal with folks who just flat out reject it. Because you're going to deal with folks who immediately they are going to say, Wow, that's wonderful. I want God for my life. 
but they don't go anywhere beyond just some shallowness. They don't have any depth to their life. They're not going to grow. And so immediately when a crisis enters into their life, guess what? They give up on who? God. They give up on God. And you're sitting there going, wait a minute now. Just last week you were excited. This week you don't want to have anything to do with Him anymore. What's going on here? And here's what Jesus is saying. Not only are there those who have a dead heart that cannot comprehend it, there are those who have a shallow heart. Who maybe for the moment will receive it or maybe pray a prayer or whatever and they're all excited for the moment. But then when trouble comes... They just kind of drift away from them. See, I, I was sharing this a little bit earlier this morning. Crisis will do one of two things with you with, when it comes to God. When you face a crisis, it will either draw you to God or draw you away from God. You hear what I'm saying? That's a universal principle. I've seen this with families. You know, a couple, they lost a baby. It drew them apart rather than together. Because of the depth and the tragedy of the, of the circumstance that happened. And that's the same thing in our relationship with God. It will either draw you to Him or away from Him. And so these folks, are, what you see here is they have a shallowness there. Their heart is shallow. Let's go on there. There's another aspect. Look at verse 22. Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. Here's what I want you to see. Not only is there some who have a dead heart, they can't comprehend it at all. Not only are those who have a shallow heart, that is, they're excited for the moment, but when, boy, when the pressure cooker turns up, they head the other direction. Here's what I want you to see. Some have a divided heart. Jesus uses the illustration here of saying they're like thorns. What happens is, is their faith gets choked out. It's kind of like if you don't weed your garden. You know, for those of you who are gardeners, I'm not a gardener, but Lori is a gardener. If you just let your garden go, you, you go out there and you say, oh man, I should have a beautiful garden. What you got is a bunch of grass growing through there. And, I mean, you're wondering why it's not producing what it should be producing. Well, that's what the point is here. They, they've got thorns that have grown up and it's basically the cares of this world. They're more interested in the things of this world than they are God. It's a great book I think you should read sometime. It's called What's So Amazing About Grace by Philip Yancey. Great book. Wonderful book. And in the book he tells this story about a friend that he confronts. A friend who begins to have an affair with his secretary. This is a friend that he's had for a long time. And this friend is married to and has, has children. But now he, this friend is telling him that it's God's will for him to be with this other woman. And so Philip is trying to deal with this guy, but then what I want to share with you is the, what happened with his friend. His friend left his wife, went off with the other woman, but then here's the sad thing he said. He was talking about how God was all in this. Later on, he quit going to church. He quit having anything to do with God. Why? Because he had a divided heart. And see, the stuff of this world, the riches, sex, power, jobs, materialism, all that stuff 
can choke out where your focus becomes... You've noticed, you've seen somebody that are really passionate for God and then all of a sudden all they ever do is just want to work now. Work, 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 work. What's going on there? Jesus is telling us what's going on there. They have a divided heart. And you're sitting there thinking, was it me? And you're frustrated. It has nothing to do with you. It has to do with what? The condition of their heart. The condition of their heart. The other thing I want you to see, and here's the final thing, and this is the great thing. Look at verse 23. He, he doesn't just give us those three negative illustrations. He gives us a good illustration. Here's what he says. But he who received the seed on good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some fiftyfold, and some thirtyfold. Here's what he says. Some have a good heart. Some have a good heart. Here's my prayer. My prayer is that you have a good heart. That your heart, hopefully because you're here, you don't have a dead heart. But there might be somebody here who has a dead heart. Hopefully because you're here, your heart is not shallow. Well, you know what? Then you need to bring some depth to your life. Maybe your heart's not divided and you know what, you need to get a single focus back on Jesus. But my hope is is that you have a good heart and that as you receive the Word of God into your life, it then begins to produce in your life. And notice what Jesus says. The production is going to be different for different people. He's going to say for some it's a hundredfold. For some it's sixtyfold. For some it's thirtyfold. But what's the point? There's a production. There's, There's something coming out of your life because of your connection with God. And so we see the four different types of hearts. Here's the point. You don't need to be frustrated. George, you don't need to be frustrated. Every person's heart is what? Different. Different. So you say, okay, George, what's the point of all of this? Well, I guess really to personalize it, we just need to ask one question in closing. One question for you and I, because we've looked at these four different hearts, we've looked at the issue of the nature of truth, but again, looking at the four different hearts, and here's the point I want you to see. What is the condition of your heart? What is the condition of your heart? Only you know that. I can't know that. You know, I can make assumptions, but I can be wrong In fact, I can be wrong in the sense of encouraging you or discouraging you. I can't know hearts. You can. So what is your heart? And here's the point I want you to understand. And this is going to go right to the issue of the condition of your heart. And that the condition of your heart is a concept of a decision for Christ. And here's what I want you to see. What we have done in our culture, in our church culture today in North America, is that we have reduced a decision for Jesus down to a short-term decision. I made a decision for Christ a long time ago. And so we make it as a short-term decision. But what I want you to see is that salvation is not a short-term decision, but a lifetime commitment. And so when you look at somebody who has a divided heart or a shallow heart, I'm going to be honest with you, they maybe made a decision, but in the long term, it what? Their heart really showed their true condition, didn't it? And what I want you to see is, is with the good ground, it was able to produce because of what? There was a long-term commitment there. 
So my friends, when you look at the condition of your heart, you need to realize what we're talking about is what have you done with Jesus? And is it just a one-time thing? Or is it a lifetime thing? And that's the question for you. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.